Welcome to our Road to Desert Rain series brought to you by Desert Rain Community Radio. Today, I sit down with Kirsten Helm and we talk about her life growing up in Buffalo, New York, uh, going to school in Indiana, and eventually uh, landing here in El Paso, Texas, and Chaparral, New Mexico, and finding uh, a home away from home and a family away from her Buffalo family. But before we get into that, thank you to Diego at Recording Moving Studios. He does all the editing and sound engineering uh, for us. Thank you to David and Danny West. Uh, That's the, the music you hear in the background. If you're interested in finding out more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruined.com. And to find uh, more podcasts by us, check out drcrpod.com. You can find other episodes of uh, Road to Desert Rain, as well as uh, Dispatches from the Verge, uh, conversations uh, between David Morrison and I about life and spiritual matters and um Yeah, all sorts of different topics. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media helps us out a lot. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Road to Desert Rain. I'm here with Kirsten Helm. How are you this morning? I'm well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Got my Starbucks tea. Got a banana in me. Excellent. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to wake up a little bit. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right in uh, as uh, the format kind of uh, lends itself to is just um, maybe if you could share with us your uh, spiritual or religious upbringing as a child or lack thereof, kind of what that looked like um, in your household growing up. Yep. I grew up Presbyterian, uh, baptized, confirmed, married in a Presbyterian church in the little suburb I grew up in just outside of Buffalo. And because it's Presbyterian, there was no not ever a altar call or a mm. say this prayer type of thing. I just grew up always kind of believing and this is what I was taught and so this is what I did. And it was all good. And when I went to college, not really expecting to go to church Mm. in college because I just wasn't. I figured that's not what college kids do. Right. (laughs) You don't see that in the the college kid movies. (laughs) Right. Sunday we go up and go to church. So I get to college and I went out of state to school. I went to Ball State in Indiana. Okay. Which is in the middle of the Bible Belt. Oh, nice. And... Girl who lived in the dorm room next to me, early on, we started hanging out and doing stuff, and she invited me to a Campus Crusade for Christ meeting with her. I was like, well, I don't even know what that is. And she mm-hmm. said, oh, it's like a youth group for college kids. Mm. And I had been involved in my youth group at home, and my best friends were all in it and still in contact with all of them. So I'm like, sure, I'll go. And this was like nothing I had ever seen before. Like Presbyterian is very quiet and old hymns and it's, traditional. It's Catholic, it's Catholic light, right? Um, or is it? No, it more, more prod. Like okay, okay, okay. 
Episcopal and Lutheran okay, are more okay, Catholic. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Episcopal. Down, but Presbyterian is pretty much as liberal it's, as you can get. No rules involved. <laughs> but still old-timey hymns. Yeah, it's old-timey hymns, the organ, very traditional stand-up, sit down. Say People your, aren't waving their arms around. No, there's no <laughs> clapping. There's no dancing. Absolutely no talking in tongues. So I get to this meeting of all these college kids, okay. and there's a live band up front, and they're all long-haired, hippie, wearing mm. flannel shirts tied around their waist. People are clapping and singing, and it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Right. But it was very cool, and I, I enjoyed it, and I met a whole bunch of people, but they did an altar call, mm. and not, not so much an altar call, but... If something is spoken to you and you would like to accept Jesus into your heart, raise your hand. I was like, well, I've never said the prayer, but I think I have. Like, it was one of those, I'd never experienced that before. It's like, there's really people who don't believe. (laughs) Yeah, we all believe here. Yeah, okay, we're all good. (laughs) So I've never done the Jesus prayer. At that point. At that point. I've still never done the Jesus prayer because... I know, <laughs> right to hell. <laughs> what? <laughs> because I just didn't feel like it was necessary. Yeah. Well, and, and so just to back up half a uh, little bit. So when you were growing up in the Presbyterian Church, you said you believed. Did you like feel a connection to God, or did you just believe because that's kind of what everyone around you was doing? I think absolutely felt a connection to. Okay. S- to God, to something, yeah, um, because it was so much a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. We, my parents, were not Sunday churchgoers. Oh, okay. they were very much involved and very much part of that community. Mm. And if anybody needed help, they would be there to help. Um, growing up, my dad, my dad's retired GM, and when I was in second grade, he got laid off, and mm. he was out of work for four years. And very much, I remember. Meals coming to the house. I remember Christmas being donated to us because our pastor gave our name to Rotary Club. Mm. I remember when my grandparents passed away that the influx of food and boxes and canned goods that came in from that community. So So it wasn't like a Sunday obligation thing. It was a true community. And like I said, very much involved with my youth group, and it was a ton of fun and... My best friend and I shared a crib together in the nursery. Mm. So we'd grown up together. Um, We were in each other's weddings. Um, So very much a connection, but I don't know if I ever truly understood it. Okay. If that makes sense. Of course, of course. And so so going back to the... You're at the the clapping and band and (laughs) arm waving. Totally overwhelmed. (laughs) But my friend who took who took me to the first meeting introduced me to all of her friends, most of whom were guys mm. a couple years older than I was. In New York State, you can graduate, you start kindergarten at age four if your mm. birthday is before December 1st. So with a fall birthday, I started school six months younger than most of my classmates, which means I graduated at mm-hmm. 17. Right. So I'm off to college and I'm hanging out now at a restaurant with all of these guys. 
And we're chatting, and they're talking about birthdays and stuff coming up. And someone said, and they're 22, 21, and someone asked me how old I was. And I said, well, you know, in two weeks, I'll be 18. You can buy cigarettes in two weeks. <laughs> they're like, oh, does your mommy know you're out with us? But these group of guys just kind of took me into their fold, and one of them's father was a pastor. Mm. So they would pick me up on Sunday mornings, and I went to a Nazarene church at that point. So what's, what is, I know I've heard of Nazarene. I honestly don't know. Okay. It was more contemporary than Presbyterianism. Okay. But very conservative as far as theologically and politically. So live band, they would do a little skit every week that kind of told you what the, message was going to be about mm. and this based on the scripture and whatever. And then, you know, for the first time in my life, church wasn't over in an hour. Oh, really? How long was it? It was an hour and a half to two okay. hours. So it was a couple hours, which was new for me because. Yeah. Well, I grew up Catholic, so I know about that. One hour. <laughs> 10 o'clock. If 11 o'clock hits, people in the back are screaming, just say amen. <laughs> they got to get out of there. So that was all new for me. But I went, and usually just Sunday mornings. I think they had Wednesday night and Sunday mm. night services, and I didn't do most of those. Did you stay connected with the uh, with the youth group? From With At Crusade? The, uh, I yeah. did. Um, I ended up going to Crusade for two years very regularly. Mm-hmm. The thing with Crusade is... It's a great organization, and their goal is to reach college kids and bring them to Christ. Mm. So there's there's a lot of turnover once you get uh, through okay. that. And, once you're converted. <laughs> well, and they do home groups. Oh, and the goal right. is you start in your home group, and then you take on your own home group. Mm. So you're you're attending one, and then you're leading one. So they kind of have like a four-year plan, yes, so to speak, for right. aimed at college kids. Yes. Yeah. And so, but there's a lot of turnover. So I went very regularly for the first probably two years I was in school and loved it. I wouldn't not go back. I wouldn't not mm-hmm. recommend it to somebody, but right. no, that's what you're getting getting into. And that's that's their plan is that you will take over a home group and become a student leader in the organization. Are you does it still exist to this day or do you even know? I don't know for sure. Yeah, I feel I feel like I remember it, but I could be it could have been a different organization yeah. when I at ASU. Um so that was kind of my background. Like I said, the first time I had heard anybody even mention the Jesus prayer mm-hmm. and so all new for me. Yeah. But met a group of friends that I am still very much in contact with. Facebook has helped because the girls that I was friends with, we all stayed in touch, mm. but guys yeah, don't. Do. They're not yeah. writing letters. And, but Facebook, I've been able to connect with all of them awesome. again. Really so cool. it's been really fun and it's been nice. And so, so how did that? What what did you? Um, and I'm asking you specifically because I, it kind of plays later on. But what did you major in at Ball State? Ball State, a secondary social studies education. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the five year plan at Ball State because. 
I didn't want to do yeah, more than two. <laughs> if I had graduated, <laughs> if I had done like 15 to 17 credit hours, I would have graduated in January with mm. a teaching degree. And yeah, kind of I, nine months. Of yeah. So I slowed myself down and did 12, mm-hmm. 12 credits for the last few semesters and did five years. So did you did you not have the uh, sign language as part of your? That was my master's. Oh, so after Indiana. Oh, I did not know that. After Indiana, I was engaged and planning a wedding, but didn't want to be married before I finished school. So uh-huh. I moved back home, uh, did my master's at a school in Buffalo in deaf education. It was a 12-month, very intense mm-hmm. program. Got that done out of the way. And so did you meet your fiancé at the time at Ball State? Yes, he okay. was my pizza delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rom-com if I've ever heard of one. And the weight of my heart is <laughs> through my stomach. Food. Bring me delicious pizza, please. <laughs> yeah. He, so I had seen him because yeah. it's a college campus. And the guys I hung out with, Papa John's had the steal four for 20. Wait, did Papa John's start in Indiana? It started, yeah, it was a Ball State graduate. It was his senior business project. Yeah, the now infamous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But anyways, not not to get into all that. <laughs> I okay, so he actually went to Ball State. He went to Ball State. It was his uh, senior project. Same okay. with, I want to say FedEx. I, I believe that's, oh, FedEx is out of Ball State specifically? Or a, you're just senior, senior business senior, project. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was Ball State or not. There's a similar, I think it's, there's a, a restaurant chain called uh, Mellow Mushroom. Um, in the southeast. But they've expanded a little bit. I know there's one in Arizona now. Anyways, that was the same. They were going to University of Georgia and, or maybe Georgia Tech. Either it doesn't matter, Either one. right? Yeah, and they their senior thesis or whatever, senior right. project was this idea for a, for a cool pizza place. Right. Yeah. So, like I said, I hung out with this group of guys who lived at this – dump of a house, but they'd call me up and say, hey, we need a we need an eighth for four for 20. Come over and bring a few bucks. Right. So I'd go over, I'd hang out. This guy was delivering pizza. We'd all wave because he brought us food. We loved him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then a few years later, I am one of my roommates is from this little town in Northern Indiana, just outside of Fort Wayne. She's like, I know this guy. I really think you'd like him. I think you guys would would get along great. And it turned out it was my pizza delivery guy. (laughs) (laughs) So we recognized each other. We knew who each other were, but, and it turns out I, through Patsy and my friend Stacy, who was also from this little town, I knew all of his friends. Mm. So it was very comfortable. Mm when I met his friends. And so I can't remember where I was going with this. Back in, oh, I was went back to school in New York, got mm-hmm. my master's in deaf education, picked it because it was one year I could be done, go off to school, have my degree, get married, and just focus on a career and a marriage and not have to go to school at the same mm-hmm. time. Right. Um, and did he move with you to New York or did he stay in Indiana? He stayed in Indiana. He was living, he graduated a year before I did and moved down to Indianapolis. So he okay. was about an hour south and we saw each other on weekends. And then partway through 
probably fall semester. I started school in June. Partway through fall semester, he started driving truck over the road. Mm. So he drove for Schneider International and I think it was Schneider at the time and um, got through Buffalo quite a bit. Mm. So got to see him more than I would have otherwise. We planned our wedding, got married. In all of that process, I had been to the Southwest with my family as a middle schooler. We had friends who lived in Albuquerque. Okay. No, friends who lived in Santa Fe. Upgrade from Albuquerque. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, wait, are you going to tell me you fell in love with the Southwest because of Albuquerque? (laughs) So we came to visit. I was in seventh grade and, you know, you land in Albuquerque, you drive Mm -hmm. to Santa Fe. And I looked around and I looked at my mom. I said, I'm going to live here someday. Mm. The mountains were beautiful. I Mm. loved, it was still cold in March. I wasn't expecting that. Well, especially in Santa Fe. But warmer than Buffalo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm going to live here someday. Mm -hmm. And it turns out Bill had just traveled through the Southwest with his friends. And when when I met him Mm -hmm. in school, and he fell in love with the Southwest as well, and he Mm -hmm. wanted to live here. And so it was another connection. And we had taken a trip my last year at Ball State. Spring break, we went camping. Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Phoenix, mm. Tucson, down through TRC, and back home. Kind of looking for places we thought we might want to live mm-hmm. um, after we got married. And then as I was finishing up my degree and needed to get a job, I went back to Ball State for their teacher recruitment week mm. because Ball State is a huge teacher's college and they okay. have a huge recruitment program. Right, right. And every state and multiple countries are represented. In, and I figured going, I'd come out with a job. Mm-hmm. Were you uh, sort of targeting the Southwest or were you just targeting a job? Southwest. Okay. Specifically Phoenix, Tucson, Albuquerque, mm-hmm. Santa Fe. <laughs> and at one point in the truck, Bill had driven through El Paso. Mm. And he called me up probably from a payphone still at this point. Yeah. It's, it's the early 90s, yeah. mid-90s. He said, I've just been through El Paso. It's a really great town. I think we need to visit there someday mm. when we're living in New Mexico. Right. So, okay. So I apply, and El Paso's looking for a deaf ed teacher. Oh, wow. So I interview with probably Scottsdale. I interview with Albuquerque. I signed up by interview with El Paso, and I'm starting to get frustrated because people are walking out with contracts, and I've got nothing. Do you think that's because you have a highly specialized? It turns out, yes. Okay. The woman who I interviewed with in El Paso said, everything's great. I can't hire deaf ed. I need to talk to our deaf ed supervisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up that... Carol called me back and did a phone interview then a couple weeks later and I got hired in El Paso. So That's my amazing. Yeah. My first job was at Coldwell Intermediate teaching middle school social studies and science those poor babies. What what part of El Paso uh, is that in? Uh, I'm not familiar. Coldwell's right at Altura and 54 at the Spaghetti Bowl. Okay. So for local people. Central. Yeah, Central. Yeah. 
And the deaf ed program is housed in Texas. There's only one state school for the deaf. It's in Austin. Really? Wow. Which was new for me because there's 11 of them in New York. That's amazing. Yeah. And so Texas is so It's big. so huge. So everything else is a day program. Okay. Kids go and get in in the morning and then they go home after school instead of living in a dorm or whatever. And so El Paso School District housed the deaf ed program mm-hmm. for Western Texas. So is it still like that? Is it still the only one in Austin? Yes. Wow. And so, and the program had been at Coldwell for years and years and years. And the high schoolers went to Austin High School and elementary was at Hillside. So they would grow up in El Paso with a a day program. With a day program. Gym classes, music, mm, art classes, probably not music, keyboarding, any of their electives, Mm -hmm. cafeteria were with the hearing kids, but their core academic classes were self-contained within deaf ed. And, and then would they all go to Austin or did you have to like get a selective? I'll go to they Austin. Do. Okay. Um, and then, so I taught there for a year and El Paso took three intermediate schools that were preschool through grade eight and made them elementary only and opened up a new middle school. Mm. I want to say it was McGoffin, but I, I could be wrong about that. And so... Coldwell Middle Coldwell Elementary, my middle schoolers were going to have to move, and they didn't want to take them to the new school because they still wanted Hillside to feed into it mm. naturally. So they moved the middle schoolers to Ross Middle School, and the high school moved to Burgess. Okay. So our deaf students who were at Hillside would travel naturally with their hearing peers up through and district. Did you pick um, deaf education on purpose, or I did? Okay, so I did. It was, you were drawn to it um, even before you started teaching yeah. it. On Sesame Street, watching Lynn Vove oh. on Sesame Street again. I looked at my mom and said, "I'm going to do that when I grow up." That's amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. So, so you know, you sort of fulfill this dream, so to yeah. speak, going from seeing it on Sesame Street to being in the middle of it in the classroom, right? And so what, um, when you got out to El Paso, were you still, like, during this, uh, like, planning the wedding and everything and mastered, were you still involved with the church? And yeah, I went back like to my home got? church, okay. oh, the right, Presbyterian right. church. I taught Sunday school. I was then a youth group leader. I very much involved there while I was going to school. I was working at my dance studio getting my degree, planning a wedding, but it was one year. Everything had a time mm-hmm. limit. Right, right, right. We got married in July and moved to El Paso. By then I did have a job right? Um, and it started mid-August. And you gr- you had graduated in July. So I gra- yeah, right. Like I graduated bang, bang, bang. in May, got married in July. Oh, I see. Okay. Two-week honeymoon, back to Buffalo, packed up everything. I think I flew back because I had to get back to work. I had to start my mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. And then Bill drove with all of our stuff cross-country. Mm-hmm. So we get here and decide we need to find a church. Bill grew up in the church as well um, with his family. What denomination was that? Methodist. Okay. And so we start church shopping, right. which 
if you've ever done it, is the most painful experience <laughs> right. ever. It, it's just horrible. It's just awkward. Yeah. It's, yeah. You walk in, you don't know anybody, you don't know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. So we tried a number of churches from Abundant Living Faith to um, there was a Baptist church somebody told us about, mm. I think in Northeast. What part of town were you living in? East side, far okay. east side. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for local people, Lee Trevino yeah. area. Was it still desert then or was it pretty well populated? No, that one, that part was still populated. Okay. And not far east, I guess more east side. Yeah, yeah east side. Um, and so church shopping. At one point, we went to a Presbyterian church just to look. And probably should have just turned around and walked out because we walked in and in El Paso, Texas, it was a congregation of all white people. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a, a good, what's it called? A good. Uh, and I'm sure they were very nice people. Of, yeah. But I'm the minority here. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I never walk in and find a room of white people yeah. in El Paso because. You just don't. And so we're like, yeah, this isn't for us. And it got to the point where getting up on a Sunday morning to try to go to a Mm, church. Felt like a chore. It was a chore. And football in El Paso starts at 11, Mm -hmm. not at 1. Oh, I know. (laughs) I was spoiled growing up with 11 a.m. football. (laughs) So I was like, I go to church. I can't watch football. Well, that's funny because that was one of my gripes growing up is dad got to stay home and watch football. And us kids had to go to church. I was like, oh, well, I want to stay home and watch football. So staying Mom home, like, no. sleeping in a little bit, having a great big breakfast, and then mm-hmm. watching football all day was perfectly fine with me. And so that's kind of what happened. And at some point in January, we looked at each other and went, yeah, we need friends. Mm. Um. Because you you had come from, it sounds like you had come from like a pretty tight knit community, yes, and Buffalo and Ball State, right? And now you're it's just you and Bill out here, right? And he, like you said, his group of friends still all hang out. I'm still in contact with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were busy, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, we need friends. And kind of grabbed the phone book, opened it up, and Bill was working for a print shop, um, kind of central area over by the airport Mm. doing their print copy, their layouts. Design and stuff. And so we opened up the phone book and kind of, you know, closed our eyes, pointed and whatever we land on, we were going to try. And Vineyard East, no, Vineyard, yeah, Vineyard East side had an ad. Wait, did you really open the... We really seriously opened a phone book to look because we had we had tried everything we could yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the recommendations. Yeah, had, had we like <laughs> we've gone to Jesus Chapel. Like we'd done all of them. Yeah, right. So we opened up, and Vineyard East is staring at us, and he said, "You know, one of the guys I work with said this is a pretty decent place. We should try there." Mm. So we got up the next morning, and we went and. It's meeting in a high school, so, yeah. and we're walking to the door, and there is this gentleman 
who appeared bigger than life. He really wasn't, but just appeared bigger than life in his boots and his cowboy hat um, named Sal. Okay. Who's greeting us at the door. And he was just this gruff looking sounding guy, but the biggest teddy bear once you got to meet him. And so Sal was there at the door to greet us and let us in and, we go in, we're wary because we've had so many experiences mm-hmm. at churches that we were just like, this isn't us. Right. And we liked the worship service. We liked everything was come dressed as however you are. And so it's music first. And then there was a break for coffee and cookies and whatever. And then the message part of mm-hmm. the service. And we meet a whole bunch of people including David Morrison, who's, you know, dressed in jeans and a Baja. And, okay, so we meet this guy, David, and it turns out he's the pastor. (laughs) So he starts speaking, and the first thing he says is he apologizes for something he had said the week before, that he's afraid he offended somebody. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Which kind of made me giggle because it was against, like, New York City. Which from Buffalo is like New York and fall off the country. Right, and right, my right, taxes right, yeah, will yeah. go down yeah. and they don't have a real football team there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all good. So now already I'm starting to like it. Right. And he does the message. It's all fine. And he ends with, again, another snarky comment. Not necessarily snarky. Something he said for a laugh. Well, if anyone has listened to this podcast, they understand. <laughs> they understand. Humor. So he so says they, they something. Can yeah. So he says something that I think is hilarious. <laughs> Bill's laughing. Um, it turns out, according to David, three people left the church, but he got the helms. So <laughs> yeah. it was all good. And they always say, you, if you go back to a church three times, the fourth time you found your church. Mm. There was no going back three times. We walked out. We knew we had found our church. We had found our new community. And um, really very much fell in love with the Morrisons and with Salem Rosa and everybody Mm -hmm. who was the leadership of that church. Um, So that was January we start going. We're going every week. We are hanging out with Morrison's. We are Sal and Rosa. We're building a straw bale house, which mm. we were very much interested in. And that um, was Clint, way out, way out east. Way right? out yeah. east in Clint. Um, I didn't realize. I knew they had built one, and I just recently learned how far. I mean that it was in Clint. Yeah, it was in Clint. And so they invited us, like as it was being built, they invited us for lunch. So we start hanging out with them a little bit and going to home group. Mm-hmm. And at some point, like we were renting on the east side, want to buy a house. So we start looking, and I'm a city girl. Mm -hmm. I am a city girl through and through. Bill grew up in the country, and he's doing all of the work because I'm just along for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much always, I'm just along for the ride in any of my groups, (laughs) whatever. And he comes home one night, and he's like, I found a place. Okay, so we jump in our vehicles that have no air conditioning in the desert, and we start driving, and we're driving, and we're driving, and we're driving. And now we're in a part of town I've never been in, and we are heading 
out of Texas into New Mexico. And about the time we drive past the El Paso city dump, <laughs> I'm going, where <laughs> are you taking me? Are you kidding me? And we end up in Chaparral, New Mexico, which is halfway between El Paso and Las Cruces, pretty mm-hmm. much in the middle of nowhere. Oh, and what year was this? Mid-90s. It would have been 98. Yeah, late 90s. So, yeah, definitely even more so. Even more so today. because all of that new Desert View homes. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there. Yeah. That, that even when we left, when yeah. we moved back to Buffalo in 2003, not really there. They mm-hmm. were just starting. And I, w- I was getting mad because Desert View Homes was taking away my Desert View. <laughs> all right. Um, so we get out to Chaparral, two acres of beautiful desert. The back acre, all natural. The front acre had been landscaped. There was mm. a pond, a few outbuildings, a single wide trailer that was as old as we were, but we were going to build. So mm. that's fine. Land out here is relatively inexpensive. Yeah, even today. So, but <laughs> we had one of the nicer plots of land. Mm. Not everybody in Chaparral takes care of their property. I mean, there's a lot of cars on, cars on bricks. (laughs) So, but we go through the process. We decide, okay, we're going to come out here. I will leave the city. I will live in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't too, actually El Paso traffic. It wasn't too much further driving from Chaparral to central Mm, El Paso than it was from east side to central El Paso because of all the traffic and the lights. I could hop on the the highway and be there in no time. Right. Yeah, because it's almost a straight shot. Right. So when we tell Morrisons that we're moving to Chaparral and in David's Catholic mind, you go to the church closest to you. Mm. And he's like, well... We've lost the helms. They're yeah, gonna. Yeah. They're not driving out because it's a forty-five minute drive yeah, not, yeah. to the east side. And he's like, "We've lost the helms." I'm like, "Well, no. We've, we've we're going to home groups. We're doing stuff. Like, you won't." But David was absolutely sure right. we weren't coming back. He helped us move. A few people helped us move. He introduces us to Ernie Nadia and says, <laughs> "This is your new pastor." <laughs> we're like, "But I don't know that." Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> And we did continue going to church. And for you, commu- community is more important than right. the proximity of the Right. Building. I didn't yeah. want a church of people I didn't know. I right. liked the size of the church at the east side. I knew everybody. If I needed prayer, they knew who they were praying for, and I knew who I was praying for. Mm-hmm. If the, so, and at some point through this, we move into the summer that next winter, Bill decides he's really just not happy doing working at the print shop. It's sitting in mm-hmm. a computer doing the design, and it's monotonous. And he's an artist, yeah. And he likes he needs creativity and to do something different, and likes to travel, and missed being in the truck, mm. which he had stopped when we got married. He only drove right. for a year, so he went back in the truck over the road. And, and this is after you're already all set up. And all set out. up. He's got me in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> out of my city comfort zone. <laughs> and he gets in the truck. 
And so I was working and right, like vacations and breaks, I would get in the truck with Mm -hmm. them. And he was home probably every other weekend. Other than that, I was in Chaparral on my own. Neighbors across the street watched out, made sure the house was Mm -hmm. okay, made sure I was safe. Um, My dad at that point started calling me every night to make sure I got Mm -hmm. home from work and everything was good. Right. Um, But it was that community at Vineyard East Mm -hmm. where I found home. So I was doing a home group on Friday nights at our friend Greg and Mary's house. And after a long week of work, they would say, don't go home, just come straight to my house. And they fed me every Friday. Mm. And then we would do, I was, for a while I was just a member, but then I started leading that home group a little bit. By that point, the weekly or the nightly prayer meetings were happening. So on Thursday nights, I would find, I think it was the Ryback's house, Michelle and Gary, I would go to their house for the prayer meeting and just hang out in town and go for the prayer meeting. So I was finding connection and finding people through that. And then on Sunday mornings after church, go eat with somebody. So Mm -hmm. it was always about, I always had community and a support system, Mm. even though I was here by myself. Um, And Bill drove for a little over a year and then got hired at a car dealership in Mm. town doing all their advertising. So he got the creative, Mm -hmm. he got the artistic, um, he did their print, their billboards, and all of their TV and radio spots. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it was a good deal for him, and he was home. Mm -hmm. So now we're living in Chaparral and commuting. He, He was... Back on the east side, right down the street from where we were, where we lived mm-hmm. originally, this ch- church was still on the far east side. In the high school, right? In the high school still. Right. And I'm at Ross by this point. And so we're going to church. We're doing stuff, the nightly prayer meetings. We are taking classes from our friends, the Weirstras. So a couple nights a week, we are just staying in town and we are on the east side. And at some point, Bill's like, maybe we should move back east, back to the east right. side. Um, just just because our mm-hmm. daughter had been born, like Addie can sleep anywhere at this point mm-hmm. because she had to. Mm-hmm. I would just put her down wherever house we happened to be at. Right. And... So we sold our property, but didn't have a place to live yet. Sold it, rented from the people who bought it. Mm. They didn't want to live there. He just wanted to rip out my natural desert and plant <laughs> an orchard. It was heart. It was heartbreaking. Did he watching. end up doing it? Is he, there an orchard there now? Um, yeah, I don't think it survived. Indeed, I don't think yeah. he did. I was going to say, it's, did it justice? You're well, in the it's desert. Tough. It's, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's not in the valley, like on the you know right. what is that west of here, where there's the Rio Grande, and you can actually grow stuff. Yeah, we're in the desert, desert. So we're renting, kind of thinking about moving back to the east side. Meanwhile, the church starts thinking about living in community. Well, and that's that's the part that I've learned through these conversations 
uh, these road to desert rain conversations, I didn't realize how closely you and Bill were a part of that process. Yeah. So they start having meeting about community living and doing this. And I was a little wary because, mm. you know, all you think, all I thought about was, you know, a cult and Waco and. Well, I think, I think that's a natural place, especially at that time frame. Right. It's a natural sort of place. If you don't, if you don't really understand what's being discussed. Right. Right. So we went to all of those meetings and listened and to the point where I felt comfortable saying, yeah, I can buy into this and I'm in. So we're in and we're going to the meetings and we're going to the prayer meetings and we're doing all this stuff. And it's just not working out in Texas Mm -hmm. because of their colonial laws. Understandably so. Mm -hmm. So... Now we're looking in New Mexico and Chaparral, and we're like, we're trendsetters. Right. <laughs> We've been out here for Who years. Who knew? <laughs> Follow us. We'll show you around. There's the desert. There's the desert. And so, you know, the property up just west of us on the mountain that was originally everybody was looking at fell through, and then Greg and Deanna found the property we're currently on, and... Through all of this, Bill is starting to think he wants to go back east, mm-hmm. east, east. Um, he wants Addie and any future kids to have family nearby, to be able to be with cousins and grandparents and aunts and uncles. And more and more, he wants to go east. So we help the families that are moving from east side El Paso to Chaparral move. And two weeks later, we pack up our moving van and we go back to Buffalo. Were, were you here as they were building the Straw Bell Chapel or did you leave before We that? left before that. Okay, so you helped move into the... Into the double, the double wide. wide. Okay. We helped them all move into the double wide. And then they threw a going away party for us there mm-hmm. at that property and we packed up a moving van and my truck and off to Buffalo. So, so like, uh, I, I'm interested to know kind of what was your, um, emotional or mental thought process kind of going from this, like being weary to buying in. And then as soon as it's like, you know, the, the, the go, you know, um, they start the race and then it's like, all right, well, we're, we're I cried out. every day. Okay. I cried every day because I love the desert. Mm-hmm. I love being here. I feel more peaceful here. Like, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but there's something about it that I just love. Serene, maybe. Yeah, I like I like looking at the mountains. I don't need to climb the mountains, mm-hmm. but I like looking at the mountains. I like the desert landscape and the mostly muted tones and this fact that you can see the sky and you can see forever and it's not just boxed in with house, 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 house. Um, so it was, it was a really hard move mm-hmm. for me. But we go back. Um, I applied for jobs in Buffalo and in Indiana and Bill ended up getting accepted to the Masters of Architecture program at University of Buffalo. Okay. 
So before you all moved or after you before we all moved. Uh So that made the decision for us. Mm -hmm. He had always wanted to be an architect and certain things. He just didn't pursue it as an undergrad, but UB had a master's program Mm. that you didn't need an undergrad in it. So you don't have an undergrad in anything basically. Yeah, pretty much. And it was a two and a half year program. Mm -hmm. So that made our decision. We're going to Buffalo. And we get to Buffalo, and I fall right back into the church I grew up in. Mm. And I keep saying, I don't go to Deerhurst because I love it. I go because God keeps dragging me back, (laughs) kicking and screaming. (laughs) It's like for me growing up in the proximity of Las Cruces. I don't love it here, but I keep you keep I going keep, back. Yeah, I keep back here, so it's like, eh, whatever. Let's we'll roll with it. <laughs> so you know, I go back. I get Addie into Sunday school. One of her people I know had twins born six weeks, two months before Addie was born, with okay. medical issues, and one of them ended up being deaf. Oh. And their godmother was in my wedding. So she was taking them to Deerhurst. So I started going to Sunday school with the three girls and I would interpret and mm-hmm. just doing all of it. Bill was going to school. We bought a house that was disgusting. It had to be gutted. We lived with my parents. I was pregnant. Like the whole thing, everything they say you shouldn't do when you're moving, like big life events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. All of them. All like, I didn't have a job. <laughs> like, New baby, no job. Bills all of it. School. <laughs> Bills in Master's school. Master's program, nonetheless. <laughs> right. So eventually I get a job and I'm working at a school for autistic kids. Mm. And they hired me to teach sign language to nonverbal autistic oh. kids to help relieve some of the frustration with right. them. Interesting. It was very interesting, and I learned so much in the little over a year Mm -hmm. I was there. But I'm not a special ed teacher. I'm not special ed trained. I am deaf ed trained. And after a couple of weeks, I looked at my boss and I said, I'm going to talk myself out of a job, but you don't need a TOD. You need a special ed teacher who happens to know sign language. but, But it was a job, and I did it. And it was fine. Like I said, I've learned, I learned so much and I'm a much better teacher Mm -hmm. because of the year I spent there, but it was a hard year. Mm. Um, Just, you you get beat up. Mm -hmm. I mean, they encourage, don't wear your nice clothes. We'll replace anything that gets ruined, but don't wear the silks. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a hard job and a lot of turnover, not because of the employers, but because of the nature of mm. what you're doing every day. And so I'm working, Bill's going to school. We eventually are able to get into our house and get a little bit back to some semblance of normalcy. And we find, again, we start church shopping. Mm. Um, because Deerhurst is fine, but it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not what we're yeah. looking for. It's not It's not vineyard. 
there was not a vineyard in Buffalo. There's still not a vineyard in Buffalo. The closest one is Toronto, and that's a two-hour drive across the Canadian border. Got to go through customs each Sunday. <laughs> that's not happening. And we end up at a Presbyterian church on the west side of Buffalo that is doing a contemporary Saturday night service. Mm. And so Bill had been in the studio all day at school working on whatever project he was working on. He comes home, he picks the girls and me up because now by then my youngest has been born Mm -hmm. and she's a baby and Addie's three and we are driving to this church for the first time and I'm tired and I'm missing the desert and I'm missing our friends and I'm missing community. And I looked at Bill and I said, it really just feels like God picked me up and dropped me here and forgot all about me. Mm. And we walk into this church on the west side of Buffalo, which is, when I was growing up, it was the Italian community. It is now... um, more Puerto Rican mm. and East Africa, a lot of Ethiopia. Interesting. And there's a big Burma, Burmese, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. so Asia population. Beautiful. That's really cool. Yeah. And so we get to the west side of Buffalo and we walk into this church. And again, people are there to greet us. Everybody's really nice. They got a band up front. So it's not like the Presbyterian church right. I grew up in and I'm still attending. It's a little different flavor, so to speak. And But they still have a bulletin. So it's that pres- like, Presbyterian okay, enough, there's a bulletin. And so I'm looking through the bulletin and I'm not in any of, I think at that time they still had pews. They hadn't moved the pews out. But I'm not sitting in them because I've got a six-month-old mm. with me. So... I'm sitting on the floor in the back and I'm reading the bulletin and I flip it over and it says, we believe you have not been forgotten, that you are here for a purpose. Oh, wow. And so now the tears because I'm tired and I'm exhausted and everything. And and it was like, yeah, we found our church. And it was a congregation that was dying. Mm. Like the church itself, it was just. It was like aging out. Aging out, and the neighborhood had changed. The neighborhood had changed from white, middle-class, Italian, older immigrants, Mm -hmm. like probably not even immigrants anymore. They were their parents. Like their parents. And as their families grew up, they moved to the Burbs, and now a new group of people is coming in. Well, the Ethiopian congregation's not going to Mm -hmm. the Presbyterian church. Right. So... The neighborhood changed and the church needed to change with it. So the pastor shut everything down for a little bit, got together with a church in one of the the suburb I grew up in Mm -hmm. and started from scratch. Mm. And then when he reopened and then restarted, it was a Saturday night contemporary come as you are type of type of place. And it was exactly what Bill and I needed mm. at the time. So we were able to get the type of service and message we liked. 
I still went on Sunday mornings to the church I grew up in. I was interpreting for um, this little girl mm-hmm. who I then got to teach at high school. Oh, when, cool. when I eventually ended up in so you've taught at the her school her for whole the life, basically. I've taught her her whole <laughs> life, and she graduated last year, and she's oh. going into her sophomore year of college, and I'm so proud of her. Um, so it was all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Um, I worked at Summit Academy teaching autistic kids for a year. Not loving it, but it was a job, and it was money. Mm-hmm. Um Summer school was mandatory. You had to work summer. Mm-hmm. So it's six years right during the middle, but two or three weeks on either side from the school year. Right. So that first summer, Bill's out of school. I've got a couple week break. We throw two girls in a car. Right. And we drive cross country. And we end up back in New Mexico. Right back here. Right back rain, here. It doesn't rain. And Morrisons are still living in the double wide with steels. Okay. The chapel is starting to be built. And God bless them. They let us stay in the double wide. So steels and their four kids, Morrisons and Anna, and us. Bill and I slept on a hide bed in the living room. I think Morrison's took Anna and put her in their room, and my girls slept in Anna's room. Mm. And for three weeks, well, it's funny. We all shared. I can't. I'm. I'm not going to remember it for sure. I think Marsha told the story of you guys yes. sleeping in the air mattresses in the living room, and I brought it. in. I can't remember who I brought it up to, and they don't even remember. Deanna. Oh, it was it. It was yeah, Deanna. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, right, like, that's right. That's right. She's blocked it from her memory. Like, that's <laughs> the what trauma I was talking, of yeah. it all. I was like, some people have blacked that portion out those three weeks. <laughs> so we did that. And like I said, we went camping. It was, it was, it was just wonderful and crazy, mm-hmm. but exhausting. And the steel kids wake up at the butt crack of dawn. Um, and Bill and I are in the living room, so we're up at so the you're butt up, crack you're, of dawn. you're up as well. <laughs> Rise and shine. And then go back to Buffalo. I cry again. I don't want to leave, but you know I've got to got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So we go back, and um, that November, I am sitting at a professional development for Summit Academy where I was working, and my mom calls me out of the blue, and. I called her back on a break because she was she was my childcare. Mm. My mom watched my girls. Right. And she said, so Patty Michaelak, who I had done my student teaching with at the School for the Deaf in Buffalo. Okay. Patty Michaelak just called. She's the new principal and needs to find a replacement for her classroom and wants to know if you're interested. Mm. So, yes. Yeah. So I called Patty back and she said, this is temporary. Come June, you're out of a job. And I said, I'll take that risk. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah, take yeah. that risk. And, you know, 17 years later, I'm still there. June has come and gone <laughs> multiple times. So, so one of the things, I mean, you, you touched on it a second about, like, rushing back here for those two weeks yeah. to be in the desert. But one of the things that blows my mind is how, you know, with the exception of last year because of COVID, but 
you come out here basically for your entire summer break. Yes. To the desert, to Desert Rain, to it is, Yeah, it's my, how I renew and rejuvenate. Yeah, so maybe you could talk about that a little bit, like how those roots still feel so, how this place still feels so at home, even though even technically though it, yeah. you live in Buffalo. Um, I think for whatever reason, we just had a really strong connection with David and Marsha. Mm. Um, we would vacation together. Something always happened on our vacations. I, I can't believe they kept just... going with us. <laughs> well, what we, was it last weekend? I think we talked about it. Like, yeah, we broke, broke down, down in, in the middle, middle of, of Arizona, Arizona in a van with no air conditioning, and yet they kept going places with us. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we'll travel with you again. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> I wouldn't go with us. So, and like I said, we both love the desert Mm -hmm. and both very busy at home. Two young girls, Mm -hmm. uh, Bill was still in school. And for anybody who has been through architecture school or who doesn't know, it's a a 20-hour-a-day job. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a grind. It's, And we both knew that going in. And so when it was time for him to do internships, he started looking in New Mexico. Oh, for in- okay, So we right. could come back. I was working with our school musicals, which can be done at a school for the deaf. They're amazing. If you've never seen deaf theater, you really should, you really should do it. Um, so I would go to work until 3, come home, and then a couple nights a week, pack the girls up in a car and go back to school for right. two hours. And my two grew up in what had been the school's chapel okay. watching watching my kids do musical theater. And so, and then Addie was dancing and at a couple of years, Bella's now dancing. And so we are busy, busy, busy people because we want to be. Right. Um, Trying and to we live cho- a, a full life. We choose yeah. to be. But summer comes and... If I want to like teenagers again come September, I need to not do anything. Mm-hmm. I need to not teach summer school. I need to be able to rest and rejuvenate and lesson plan when I want to, mm-hmm. but just relax. Not be on and, deadline. Right. right. And if I'm staying at home, I'm going to fall into church activities and family stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I love my family. My family is amazing. But that's because you spent two months away from them. <laughs> right. <laughs> my, dad, my dad still calls me every day. And that's if I awesome. don't hear from my dad, I'm like, Grandpa didn't call. Right. Do, do you think everything's okay with Grandma and Grandpa? <laughs> like the, uh, the carbon monoxide <laughs> went off in the house or something? Um, so come back every year because we want to see our friends. Mm -hmm. We want to be in the desert just to relax. The girls, all of their friends are here. Mm. Uh, The Nadia kids, the West boys, Anna, Marsha was Addie's first babysitter. So she was born in April. Right. We were here for another two years. Marsha babysat Addie and Anna's only... 10 months older than Addie is, nine months older than I Addie. Think her birthday is June. June. So June to, yeah, June to April. Okay. So nine months. Yeah. Um, they're best friends. 
they grew up together. And to the point when we moved and Addie was two, they had their own, they did that twin speak thing. It was amazing. You could sit and watch them have full conversations, teaching each other how to use toys, Mm -hmm. laughing and joking. Couldn't understand a blessed (laughs) word either one of them were saying. They both ended up in speech therapy, like separately after we moved. But it was amazing to watch. They just had that connection. And so we'd come back and Addie and Anna would spend all their time Mm -hmm. together. Um, Bella initially was better friends with Evan. Okay. Then Avi. Right. The the two girls kind of like to talk too much and were talking over each other and (laughs) had those issues that they had to work through. Like they both want to be in charge. Right, right, right. Um, But now they're super close. Now they're super close. Constant constant communication between the two of them all day long. Okay. She's, they talk to each other. Um, so their friends were here. Our friends were here. We'd come out. The pool was still here. So I would take whoever wanted to swim and I would go play lifeguard mm-hmm. all day long. And I taught Addie to swim. I taught Bella how not to drown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> so it just, worked out. And that second year we came, the chapel was done. So Morrison's were living in the chapel and in their rooms back there. Bill and I had our own room in the double wide okay, because right. the dorm wasn't there yet. At some point that summer, the dorm had been donated. Okay. And as we were leaving, the land was being flattened, leveled, leveled and the building was there. Yeah. And when we came back the next summer, Jacob had it all remodeled and yeah. it was Beautiful. Yeah, it's. I mean, it still is. Yeah, it still is. And fifteen years. And I have to share. Like we had our own little living space, which sharing is great, but it was. It's different. It's different, and it was nice, um, just to be able, to have that. So came out every year from two thousand three to two thousand seven, staying in the dorms. Two thousand eight, just before. We were going to get in the van and drive out. Um, Bill decided to move back to the desert, um, and he left. And the girls and I weren't with him. Right. He. he it was a separation. It was of, a. Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't going beforehand. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was just going. So we were going to drive because that's what we did. We drove, uh, and that way. I could have a vehicle if I needed. I would drive mm-hmm. him to Las Cruces to work. He was, by then, he was graduated working for a firm in Las Cruces from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And then flying back and forth once a month for a few days. Right. Just that kind of thing. Yeah. So we would drive here. He would have the card back and forth. And if I ever needed it, I would just take mm-hmm. him to and from work. So now I'm in Buffalo. I don't have a way here. I can't afford to get plane Three tickets, plane tickets last um, because the school for the deaf is my dream job. And I really like it because I don't have to work summer school, but then I don't get a paycheck during the summer. Mm, right, so right, we right. always just managed to live off of whatever bill was making during the summer. But right. now I don't have that. I had his last paycheck and my last paycheck and two, two months. months. So I'm 
angry and crying and worried and got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old that I need to tell that daddy moved. And um, I really just want to be with my friends. I mm. really just need to be here. I think I, I, think I called Marsha and David before I called and told anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and then my friends in Indiana, Bill's best friend, Kevin, he was one of my other because if he was, if Bill was going to tell anybody and talk to anybody, it would have been Kevin. Mm. So I called those, those friends and David and Marcia did everything in their power to try to either get Rosa here or Rosa to Buffalo to be with me or try to get me here. And just, it didn't work. It mm. just didn't work out. So that was the first summer mm. I didn't come back. Right. And then I start working again in the fall and immediately now I am putting money aside from every paycheck because I am going to go back mm, to the desert. I am not going to let that happen yeah. again. I'm going to have money to live on during the summer and I am going to get yeah. to the desert. And aside from last year with COVID, mm -hmm. I've been able to do that. Every summer. So it's about 13 years? Yeah. 13 out of 14 or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And and, and um, I guess we're, we're kind of coming up on time, but I, I would like to, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a theme throughout all of these conversations, right? Community and friendship and stuff like that. But just, you know, may, maybe, you know, sort of your parting words of like what suggestions for people searching for this kind of community, um, you know, sort of, sort of the things that have, you've learned about community through, you know, through all of these, um, you know, cause you're, you're basically, right. you keep saying your friends are here, but it, it, it's your, it's your non-biological right. family. Right. They're right? my family. Like, yeah. I think that what I have taken away from most is there's more than one way to do everything. Mm. Just because I've raised my kids one way doesn't mean there aren't other ways to do it and doesn't right. make me right and them wrong or them right and me wrong. It's just different. And for it to be the most successful, I think we had to come to that agreement that you do you, right. well do me, and it all work, like it'll all work out. Right. Let's let's live. Peacefully right. and all, right, you know, live separately in community. Yeah. Have the harmony there, <laughs> right? But still be able to be different, right? And love you for who you are and where you are right now, and what you're going through, and what you're not going through. And well, I think I think that's so important. You know, with so if you you kind of zoom out to sort of the the state of the country, right, and and how divided it feels, and it's like this idea of getting back to that idea of like, you do you, right? And let's live peacefully and uh, in harmony together right. in this, this larger community, right? Because we're just we're just on a big rock fly, right. flying through space, right? So even right. on the global level, yeah, you know, and, and getting to, or maybe getting back to a place or getting to a place where it's like accepting that there's, you know, like you said, there's more than one way right. to do something. And, and well, especially with social media, it's so easy because you're anonymous just to rip right. somebody to shreds and 
There's no not, point. Not <laughs> understanding that there's a, a human being on the other side right. of that. What you know, whatever the comment may be, or you yeah. know, and, and um, yeah, that's um, yeah. I mean that that is one of the things I've I've definitely learned over the years. It's so many different ways to do stuff, but I can still love people and, and mm-hmm. be um, be in community with them. Yeah, you know. So if uh, we have a, a say, a, sort of a joke or a saying in the recovery world that if you love everyone in the recovery, everyone you know in recovery, you haven't gone to enough meetings, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you don't. You right. Know, or no, no. It's if you like everyone in the recovery community, you haven't gone to enough yeah. meetings, you know, because we can love each other and still have right. differences, but also still, you know, still support each other. Right. At the end of the day. So, uh, beautiful. You feel good? I feel good. Cool. We, we're uh, just, just crossed over the hour uh, mark and uh, thank you. Yeah. For uh, taking, taking some time out of your, absolutely your time out here in the desert to, to have this conversation. And um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, once again, if you want to learn more about uh, Desert Rain as a community or any of our uh, events, so to speak, Sunday service or uh, Wednesday, we have a Wednesday Zoom thing going, uh, check out theruined.com. Uh, if uh, if you want to hear other episodes of either Road to Desert Rain or or any of the podcast, any other podcasts from Desert Rain Community Radio, uh, DRCR Pod. Dot com is the place to go for that or wherever you found this um, episode whatever podcatcher you might be using they should be all there um, thank you to David and Danny West the music you hear in the background um, that's uh, courtesy of them um, we appreciate you and have a great day you